Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today, I'm sitting with Megan Brown. She is the VP of Brand and Marketing at Skin Cosmetics. But before we get into that, I do have to say this episode is brought to you by Cave Social. Cave Social is a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that helps companies grow with social media. So if you're feeling stuck right now on social, head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us, book a free consultation, and they'll be able to help you grow. All righty, well, that's it. Sit back, relax, enjoy this episode. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today on the show, I've got Megan Brown. She's the VP of Brand and Marketing at Skin Cosmetics. Megan, welcome to the show. Thank you, and thanks for having me, Jordan. Excited to be here. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to uh, excited to get in and talk all things beauty, cosmetics, marketing. But before we do that, you know, give me that intro story. How did you get to where you're at now at Skin? Yes. Well, I've been in the marketing world for over 15 years and uh, really started on the agency side. I was at a content marketing agency that when I first started with them, we were really focused on infomercials, which very quickly changed to more of the short format. And uh, we started really specializing in just video content in general and how to use video in the CPG space to really drive traffic and ultimately sales. So while I was at the agency, I had the opportunity to work with a really incredible skincare company called Rescue Skin. And after working on the client side for about two years, I ended up going over and running their marketing. So they brought me on to uh, develop their digital strategy and really to help them drive brand awareness across all platforms. And at that time, social media was very new. So it was an exciting time. And I really had a lot of success and a lot of learnings in the influencer space with Rescue that has really allowed me to create some really strong best practices uh, today. Uh, so from Rescue, I ended up moving to more of the health and wellness space and worked for some incredible brands, including Cellucor and Cyvation, and prior to Skin, Liquid IV and had some tremendous success there. And definitely throughout all of the brands I've worked with, social and influencers have been a big part of the success. So when I was recruited for Skin, they basically gave me the challenge of, one, we need to make Skin more relevant and to really future-proof the brand. And two, taking them through a complete rebranding effort that involved, you know, changing everything from their logo to their messaging to all of their content and ultimately launching a brand new website. So it's been a really exciting time. I'm coming up on almost two years at Skin and we are in the process of finalizing a brand new first ever influencer strategy to really help them attract a 30 plus type of persona and maintain their current customer base, which is an incredible group of, on average, I would say 50 plus. So it's been an exciting time and really interesting when you look at it from an influencer standpoint, because right now we're in the process of vetting you know, influencers that will be relevant to both of those audiences or personas. And talk me through 
you know, how does a brand really balance one, their brand message, but then two, giving an influencer freedom to create? It's a tough line that you have to, you know, walk. Um, I think, you know, though you have to go back to your original goal. What is the goal of this partnership? And you really have to know that ahead of time. And, you know, what I learned at Rescue is if you don't give really clear instructions on what you're looking for, you're not going to get it. You know, I think a lot of times when brands partner with an influencer, they think, oh, you know, I'm afraid to ask for exactly what I want. I don't want to upset them, especially if it's, you know, a bigger influencer. Um, They don't want to overstep or they want to make sure that the influencer will collaborate well. So they're afraid to be more direct. And what we found at Rescue and at Cellucor and really, you know, Liquid IV and all the other brands I've worked at is you have to give them very clear direction. And guess what? They appreciate it. You make their job a lot easier. If they know exactly what you're wanting, then it makes their uh, time very efficient. So, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of ways you can approach it, but it's at the end of the day, you need to keep remembering the goal. You know, obviously everything has some type of return that you're looking for. So I would say have really clear direction down to the point of exactly what you're wanting in that content. A lot of influencers that you'll partner with, you know, you're working through their agent. So even more important when you're working with that agent, be concise, you know, say exactly what you want, um, what platforms you're wanting to connect on down to how many frames do you want in their Instagram story? So I would say definitely start with really clear direction, but then at a higher level, you know, you're going to have a different strategy and a different ask depending on the type of influencer. So, you know, is it micro, is it macro? And with the micro influencers, You know, it's a a different game because a lot of them are starting out. So they're more willing to do a partnership on gratis or free product. And so with them, you know, it's a fine line of, you know, again, asking for exactly what you want, but also knowing that even the micro influencers are getting smarter and smarter and they're not as willing to do things for free. So you have to establish value in your brand. So, you know, I I know a lot of the startup brands, their challenges, they don't have a big following. Um, Very similar and interesting with Skin. Uh, Skin has been around since 2002. Um, But one of the reasons why they brought me on is because they needed to go through a brand refresh and specifically a refresh so that they could be more relevant with today's mainstream beauty consumer. And so, For me, when I started, it was, you know, about not just rebranding them as far as the messaging and the look and feel, but really starting from scratch on the social side of things. Getting the nitty gritty, right? That nitty gritty side of social. And I do want to say, because there's two things you said there that I think are utmost importance for anybody who's going to go into any type of partnership, whether that's influencer, affiliate, anything is one, clearly establish the KPIs from the outset what is the purpose of this? I think that's so huge, right? And and sometimes people miss. And then two, you said something there that is so pivotal and can't be said enough. And that is that the influencers appreciate the direction. They're not mind readers. And I think sometimes when we're on the, you know, I run an agency and starting off, we go to contact influencers and you don't want to press too much because, you know, they have a million followers or something. So you're kind of timid about it. But then you realize they're working with all these partnerships and different companies that they can't keep up with what your brand is doing. 
and they need that. They want also they want repeat business. So if they can make you happy from a brand perspective, they're more likely to get repeat business. You're more likely to move more units or whatever, get more followers, whatever the goal may be. But I think those two things, just really taking those and really outlining them are so important. So I just wanted to really highlight those because that resonates with me, especially the giving direction. I think that is so not talked about enough. (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah, it is. And Um, it's really interesting because people are afraid they're going to offend someone, but every single time it's such a better relationship when you're clear, you know, the influencers of today, they're not like they were years ago, they're business people and they don't have time to waste just like the brand doesn't. So starting with really clear goals and being very specific. And then I would say the other thing is, you know, when you're doing your seating and you're giving out these influencer boxes with the goal of, you know, capturing an unboxing experience and ultimately getting them to share those products. And, you know, in the end, you're also most likely going to give them a code to offer discounts to their followers. And I would say the number one mistake I see is brands will send everything. They'll send, you know, 10 products or five products or more in a seeding effort. The challenge with that is it's too much. It's too much for them to talk about and it's too much for the consumer to absorb. So I have implemented a best practice of no more than three. And oftentimes, you know, keep it simple. Give them one product because, you know, especially in today's time, people don't have a lot of extra money. Everybody's a little bit afraid to spend money on those things that maybe they don't consider essentials. I personally consider skincare an essential, but, you know, some people don't. So I think just to increase your your traffic that you're driving to the site from the influencers and overall, you know, the ultimate goal is conversion. Keep it simple. Give them, you know, no more than three products. And that way, when they're doing their unboxing experience or when they're talking about the particular benefits of that product, they're able to explain it in a very clear way. And they don't feel the stress of, oh my gosh, I've got, you know, five frames to get through five products. There's no way that anybody can do that. So definitely, I would say keep it to no more than three products and then give them a product brief. Give them those key talking points that they can then put into their own words, but they know that high level, what is that elevator pitch on this product? How am I supposed to use it? And what does it solve for me? And that way, you know, you're getting the job done and they're very clear on the direction. And then most importantly, their audience can absorb it in a way to where it's interesting and it causes them to go to that website. It's so crucial, right? The better you can communicate with your partners, the better they're going to communicate to their audience. And I, I love that of trimming it down because the, the gut feel is let's send everything, right? Let's send the entire collection. But to your point, if I send you 10 things to talk about, you're going to talk about all of them you know, in a mediocre fashion. But if I send you one thing with the bullet points, you're going to focus that whole story on whatever it may be, that product and the consumer. And then the next side of that is the consumer is going to be able to understand when they're inundated with, I forget the number of how many posts we see on social media a day. I think it's like 2,500 per person or something crazy to be able to actually have something that resonates too and not skip in the stories or just scroll past. But we're actually able to say, oh, what is that product? And oh, let's see how they're using it. And and most importantly, like you said, let's see how it benefits them, this person that I'm following, the influencer. So I think, you know, all of those things really are are so important when we look at how to see product and deploy a campaign. 
I'm definitely going to take that tip myself, the one of only sending a max of three products. I think that's a, some listeners right now are probably going like, ah, we should probably start doing that. <laughs> no, very, very good. Now, talk to me about how do you find influencers? Like if somebody once again is starting out, is there, are you using third-party software? Are you sourcing them You're just through, you know, natural discovery? What does that look like? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's, I'd say the most important is when you're looking to really start your influencer strategy, you absolutely need to make sure that your influencers are in alignment with your brand and most importantly, your audience. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to look at your audience, you know, because you have your existing audience and then you have that target audience that maybe you're wanting to acquire, which is very similar to what is the current situation at Skin. We have an incredible uh, consumer base right now, um, but they tend to be uh, 50 plus. And, you know, in order to future proof Skin, we have a goal of acquiring a younger audience. So right now we are working on building an influencer strategy that we haven't yet launched. But the goal is to attract that, you know, 30 plus and maintain our current consumer because, you know, of course we love our current consumers, but um, we definitely need to expand our reach. So when we were looking at our influencer efforts, we are looking for two types and we have basically two personas that we're trying to acquire within the brand. One of them is our existing persona. The other is a persona that we have named Zoe. And for Zoe, we're looking for influencers that are, you know, in the 30 plus range that are like-minded with our particular lifestyle. And so when we transition that into influencers, you know, the number one thing that we're looking for is their audience. You know, what does their audience look and feel like? And are they able to engage with them properly? So what I mean by that is, you know, it's not just looking at how many followers they have. It's looking at their individual post. What does that engagement look like? And then additionally, looking at the post format itself, because on Facebook or Instagram or whatever platform, you'll see a very unique situation when you're looking at just their organic content and then the content that they have with a sponsored partner. And that to me is like, one of the number one things I look at is how does their audience base react when they do paid uh, sponsorships and whether it's on the grid or in the stories, you know, what type of engagement are they getting? And is it a positive reaction? Because a lot of, you know, today's consumers, they're smart and they're sick of being sold things. And they're very bright when it comes to, you know, oh, this is an organic relationship or this uh, influencer really likes this product or they're just doing it because they want the money. So usually it's, you know, somewhere in between. So you have to be really careful with how you weight those. So we always look for influencers that not just have a big following, but have a very engaged audience. And specifically when it comes to a paid partnership or any type of brand partnership. After doing that, then we really narrow it down to the personas and are we able to attract both personas with this influencer? If not, then, you know, we really try to gear the product and the overall messaging that we're pushing to match that influencer and specifically that audience. So, you know, the messaging to a 30 plus talking about, you know, for instance, our hero product, which is a Dermapeel, 
it's a microdermabrasion treatment that you do at home. And the messaging that we would attach to that younger influencer or influencer's audience is going to be very different from what we would say, you know, to a 50 plus type of influencer and audience. So, you know, you really want to make sure that everything is in alignment with your goal and is speaking specifically to that target audience that you've identified and matched to a particular influencer. It makes sense, right? And like something you said there too, right? Where to say, okay, let's not only look at their posts and their organic posts and how this influencer has really shaped up their feed, but let's look at how their sponsored posts do. And are they able, you know, does their feed translate? Does their persona translate? when it comes to promoted posts and does their audience, do they accept that? Do they take it in? Are they engaging with that content? Because that's so important at the end of the day, right? When we're looking at this as a function of business and you know, these people are the new age spokespeople for lack of a better term, but we want to make sure, Hey, that our message is being clearly said, you know, through their channels and is able to move product at the end of the day. But that's really important go look at how past partnerships have performed. I think that's very, very key. Now, Megan, before I let you go, let people know where they can learn more about skin and uh, connect with you online. Great. Yes, you can check out skin at skin.com and that's skin with a double N. And we are known for our lab fresh formulations. So What's really cool about Skin is that we have our own in-house OTC lab and research and development team. So all of our formulations are small batch and absolutely incredible. So skin.com, that's where you can get Skin. And we are also available at HSN, so our home shopping network. And then as far as me, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Cool. And I will put links to skin.com and also Megan's LinkedIn on the show notes page. So if you want to go check out what skin is up to or connect with Megan on LinkedIn, all of that information will be right there. Megan, thanks again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome, everybody. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. And that was another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'll catch you next time.